It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday, a gloomy Cincinnati Monday. Great to have you in. I'm James Erpine. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Stitcher, and of course, LockedOnBengals.com, the place to be. Follow us on Twitter, at James Rapine, at LockedOnBengals, LockedOnBengals.com. Not only does every podcast get posted there, but we have articles from my guy Steve Herman, from my guy Andre Edwards, from my guy Colton Schaefer, and others. Multiple articles on LockedOnBengals.com, and also... My Mock Draft 1.0, so check that out. Interesting tidbits on Mike Brown, Russell Bodine, the Andy versus Carson debate, and more. And Tyler Eifert's future as well, plus my Mock Draft 1.0, which I did and I explained, and you can check that out at LockedOnBengals.com. Today's going to be a fun show because I caught up with two analysts on Friday evening. Caught up with two of them, and a lot of you probably haven't heard this. First one was John Ledyard, as I had promised. Finally caught up with him for about six minutes. I'm going to let you hear about six minutes of that. And then I caught up with Mark Schofield, who's a quarterback expert, who's going to dive into the quarterback side of this NFL draft as well. But they were both at the Senior Bowl. Both offer unique insight. And I'm going to give you both of those interviews today on Locked on Bengals. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Uh, A lot to dive into. A lot to discuss. And just a heads up that... I'm in the works now. A few new writers have gotten access, haven't published yet. But the film breakdown where you get to find out about these prospects and we start to dive into these prospects, it's coming. The The offseason, I've, I've said it and I've said it and I've said it and I started to say it before the Bengals season ended. This is the number one spot for Bengals offseason news. This is the number one spot for Bengals offseason content, coverage, to get your thoughts out. You can email me, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. Also tweet me at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. And let's dive in because John Ledyard joined me on Friday. And I want you to hear this because I he was down there and he offers unique insight. And we're going to probably have him on two to three more times before the draft because he offers such great insight. He's the host of the Locked On Draft podcast on Twitter at John Ledyard. And I asked him... In Mobile, he was in Mobile. What stood out? What surprised him most during the week? Well, I think uh, the reactions probably from the media to some performances, I guess maybe it didn't surprise me, but, you know, we, I know we go, went into the event and we were hoping to see, you know, Josh Allen dominate because that was kind of, the, you know, the narrative was he's to be the top quarterback in the class, and we were hoping to see Marcus Davenport, the defensive end uh, from Texas San Antonio, really dominate, and, uh, because he was get mocked uh, as high as number seven by some big media people, and um, and Brian O'Neill, the tackle from Pitt, and and that didn't really happen with any of those three. Um, Allen did have a good last day. I thought he was fine throughout the practices. He was just what he is in games. He was very erratic. There were some really nice balls. There were some really terrible throws, some terrible decisions. He's just kind of all over the map. To me, he's more of a project than 
anybody we should be talking about as number one overall, but that hype seemed to kind of build up around him still, and Marcus Davenport had a, a really rough week um, at defensive end, and the hype still seems to be building up around him, and um, you know, some of us, I know in the media, are just kind of looking around and like, oh, what, what, what do we just watch compared to what, what the public knowledge is out there? You know, a lot of the, the three guys that they kind of dubbed as faces of the event in some ways, you know, none of them really played that well this week, and yet it's being kind of talked about like they are. So I think because of that, there's some players that did play really well that are not getting shoved to the forefront of this week's performances, and I think that maybe that's a little unfortunate. One name that I've been I've heard a lot about is Alex Kappa from Humboldt State, the offensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, what did you see from him? Is that a guy? Because we're focused here in Cincinnati, as you know, uh, you, you've seen us play this year. The, the, the Bengals need linemen. Um, what did you think of Alex Kappa? Uh, he was tremendous. Um, he's the best tackle here, and it would not shock me if by the end of everything he ends up being the best tackle in the draft. Um, because I have some concerns with the other one. And because Kappa is so technically good, uh, you don't necessarily expect that all the time from you know, a smaller school guy. Uh, sometimes they win on natural ability over their level of competition more than anything else. But with Kappa, it's really refined footwork. He's explosive out of his stance. Uh, you can tell that his strike timing is really refined. And in other words, as soon as the defender reaches him, he's not lunging for them, but he's letting them come to him. And they get within a perfect distance where he's kind of striking out at stopping their forward progress up the field and forcing them to kind of have an inside move ready to go. And really, that's not how anybody's won against him. So uh, I think that he had a dominant performance. He's also very good in the run game. And I love the little edge, the extra, you know, that he gives after the play. A little, you know, just a little push, nothing dirty or anything like that. But just shows and lets guys know he's ready to play. He did it all the time in college. And I wondered, would we see it on this stage against better competition? Would he bring the same edge? And it was exactly the same. So... That physicality, that desire to you know, mix it up a little bit, I think that's something Cincinnati could really use. And they won't be the only ones, though. I think there will be a number of suitors for him. I expect him to have a rise uh, pretty similar to Ali Marpet uh, for the Bucks, coming from a Division II school a couple years ago. But Kappa, yeah, he's that talented in the week that he had. Or he should be the first game on everybody's lips from this event. We're joined by John Ledyard here. Follow him on Twitter, at Ledyard NFL Draft. It sounds like you were, just based on, on what I read, some of your stuff at NDT Scouting, you were pretty pleased with what you saw from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there was a great piece by Cal Krabs, uh, who is my, my boss and, and colleague over at NDT Scouting. And uh, he, he did a great job of breaking down why Baker Mayfield was so good this week and why he's so good in general. And it has a lot to do with his anticipation. I mean, he's just a guy he can throw before receivers get out of their breaks uh, accurately on pace. He just processes things mentally ahead of time, where Josh Allen's a lot of the time is really late with the ball. So uh, Mayfield was tremendous. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you go away from this event watching the team the same offense, the same players, so side-by-side, watching them throw the last three days. I have no idea how you'd come away with that thinking that Allen was the better option, plus the fact that Mayfield's college tape um, is overwhelmingly better, except for the fact that he's not 6'5", and he doesn't have this massive frame, uh, and it really seems like that's kind of the driving logic behind ranking Allen higher, and it's really the only way to, to think that anyone would come to that conclusion, because based on what's out there on tape and such, uh, Josh Allen is clearly inferior to Baker Mayfield as a quarterback prospect. John, I know you, you obviously watched Andy Dalton multiple times. You've watched him throughout his career. 
uh, being the host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast, looking at him, knowing what the Bengals have in Andy Dalton, do you think this quarterback class, that if they're somewhere at 12, is there a guy that you would say, oh, they should consider X quarterback and maybe he's an upgrade from Andy Dalton? Oh, I mean, they definitely should. If there's, you know, if, you know a guy like Josh Rosen, I don't expect to fall that far. And if there's a slight possibility, Mayfield could. I really think four of the top six teams will, will look like they're going to take quarterbacks right now. But the, then the, the X factor is that there's probably going to be a lot of quarterback movement this offseason, too. So that makes this whole thing really, really interesting. I think that adds a level of intrigue to an offseason that's already really exciting uh, because there is that, you know, what are these NFL players going to do? What is Kirk Cousins going to do? What are the Vikings going to do with all their quarterbacks in their situation? You know, for, until we figure that out, it's, it's hard to know exactly how everything will play out. But I do think there's that possibility that um, that you see a bunch of quarterbacks go in the top six picks. And if one falls to the Bengals, I would say yes, consider it. But I don't know that that's something that they'll do with Marvin Lewis back in the fold. Um, you know, he's been kind of an advocate of Colton in the past. But, I'm not sure he'll be ready to move on in any direction and make a move that big to shake things up. That's John Ledyard. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at John Ledyard, and there's no denying that last part. Ain't no damn way that that's going to (laughs) happen. And you heard that on Friday's podcast. I mean, there's just no way that the Bengals are going to do it. I'm going to scratch, claw, climb, complain, moan the whole way, and we'll dive into one quarterback that I would love for the Bengals to look at. In the second round. By the way, if you're the build around Andy Dalton, if you're in that camp, the let's build around Blandy, I totally get that. And uh, that's why you should check out the mock draft, lockedonbengals.com. I have a feeling you'll be a fan of it if you're looking for the build around Andy draft. <laughs> so check that out again. It's lockedonbengals.com. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Mark Schofield coming up in just a second. But first, Where you're betting, just as important as who you're betting on. Super Bowl 52 Sunday, a ton of prop bets, ton of bets, and opportunity for you to make money with mybookie.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. They'll match your first deposit with up to a 50% bonus. I'm all about it. I will give you my bets later this week. I'm telling you, I'm using mybookie. I love their mobile app. It's the way I do, or mobile site. It's the way I use it. I don't even need to log on to the desktop or do that at all. Real easy to use, and best of all, a 50% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine, and Mark Schofield joined me on Friday as well as I filled in for Mo Egger on ESPN 1530. And I I talked to him about a bunch of different things from players that stood out at the Senior Bowl, but I started with the one most compelling prospect, the guy that stole the show, the one that from Cleveland to Cincinnati to Denver, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Baker Mayfield. And I asked Mark, if Baker Mayfield was as advertised, because Mark 
studies and broke down quarterbacks for Bleacher Report. So he pays attention to this position. And I wanted to know, what's up with Baker? Is he as advertised, overwhelming, underwhelming? Here's what Mark had to say. See, I think that Mayfield answered a lot of questions that some probably still have about him and his potential to translate to the NFL game. I think he answered a lot of those questions this week. At the outset, look, you you got to say this. Mayfield is the clear sort of alpha dog guy. He's that sort of leader that you can see people gravitate to. And it sounds sort of smoky in a way, but that stuff matters at the quarterback position because you need the other 10 guys on the field, the other 10 guys in the huddle to buy into you as the leader of your team, as the leader of your offense. Whether it's in between drills, sort of pumping guys up after big plays, pumping guys up, even going over to Josh Allen after Allen made one of his good throws this week and sort of getting him wrapped up to go. You could see that Mayfield's sort of that top dog type of guy. And I had flashbacks, James, to a couple years ago when I was down there when Carson Wentz was there and you saw the same thing in Carson. So I think that's something that Mayfield sort of addressed, but we expected that. What we all wanted to see was. What about the drills? What about the throwing sort of different route concepts against different coverages that you're not seeing in the Big 12 where you see a lot of cover four looks? And to me, Mayfield really stood out on a lot of these throws. And he showed sort of a high-level understanding of coverage. And there were throws that he made, James, this week that, you know, you could tell that he knew exactly where every single defender was and put the ball exactly where it needed to be, where when other quarterbacks were making those same throws, they were being poor with their ball placement. But, for example, he had a wheel route on one throw this week during drills that most quarterbacks would try to lead the guy downfield, and they would lead the receiver right into the safety, whereas Baker turned in sort of a back-shoulder-type throw on the fly because he knew where the safety was and didn't want to get his receiver into trouble. So it was plays like that that, to me, make, you know, I didn't have that many questions on Mayfield coming into this week, but any sort of concerns that I had about that part of his game, those were erased. Mark Schofield is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield, inside the pylon.com. And Mark, Josh Allen's another quarterback that a lot of people are talking about. And I'll be honest, a lot of criticism on Twitter. I'm not going to lie and act like I've seen a bunch of Wyoming football games. What do you know about Josh Allen? Well, here's the thing. And I've been saying this, you know, for a while now, having studied them last year, having studied. You know, all his throws this year. I even went so far as to do a video breaking down his entire game against Hawaii. You can find that on the Inside the Pile on YouTube page. And I think these two things are true about Josh Allen. He's going to go in the first round and probably very early in the first round, maybe even the top five. But I don't think he should go early in the first round. I think he's better suited more of a later first-round guy that perhaps falls to, say, you know, the Chargers or the Patriots or the Steelers. Or we heard this last night, Benjamin Albert. Albright tweeted it out that perhaps the Ravens might be in on a, a Josh mm-hmm. Allen because he's going to need time to sort of develop because, look, he can throw the football hard and he can throw it long and he can throw it with upper-level velocity. You cannot deny the arm talent that Josh Allen has. Matter of fact, Zebra Technologies, they put chips in the balls this week and Allen had the fastest throw all week of 66 miles per hour, which would have been the fastest throw it ever recorded at the Combine, which they do record now, even beating Patrick Mahomes from last year. So he has the upper-level elite arm talent. But all these other stuff, James, it goes into play in the position. Touch, feel, placement, anticipation. He still struggles in those areas, and he still struggled at times with it this week. When he was, whenever he had to sort of put touch onto a throw, the ball placement was off and he was inaccurate. He did get better as the week went on. I think Thursday was his best day. And so I do, I do think that he makes enough sort of splash-type throws, those deep vertical routes, 
that it's going to make him get drafted early. But for me, James, I would rather see him go later in the first round to a team that's got an established quarterback where they can usually use to take some time, a year or two, to sort of season him so he can learn all that other stuff that goes into play in the position before he's thrust onto the field. Mark, I want to ask you more about the, the quarterback position, but uh, the biggest thing here that, that people are focused on is the offensive line because of the, the lack of a running game and Cedric he being a, a bust in most people's eyes. What were some offensive linemen that stood out this week in Mobile? I mean, I think the guy that sort of stood out to me the most is Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. He was more of a tackle at Georgia. They kicked him inside this week to guard. And a lot of times when you see a guy sort of try to make that transition, you wonder if he's going to be able to do it. It's not the easiest thing to do to make. He's just moved to make him move from tackle to guard on the fly like that. But he held up really well. So I a lot of him sort of in those one-on-one drills. And there were times when he was in those drills, he was all going up against the Sean Hand from Alabama, a talented defensive end. And Wynn was getting the better of him in a lot of those one-on-one reps. So I was really impressed by Wynn. I think... You know, for somebody that's trying to make that move to kick inside to guard like that, you know, he stood out there. Uh, there, there was another guy, the small school guy, Alex Kappa from Humboldt State, an offensive tackle. I came away pretty impressed with him in some reps as well, James. It wasn't somebody that I had seen much or all or at all, basically, before this week. But to come from a smaller school like that, mm-hmm. to sort of hold up the way he did, I think he's definitely, you know, he sort of played himself capitated into the draft conversation now where I think you know you might even see him come off the board late day two perhaps. Are there any other surprises, anyone else that stood out at any of the positions that you weren't wasn't on your radar that you weren't expecting to, to show so well in Mobile? I, I think a couple of guys are definitely worth mentioning. This is a great sort of tight end group. You know, I think Mike Jusecki, the tight end from Penn State, you know, it was almost a situation where after you saw him run some of the routes the first day of practice, you could almost tell him, look, Mike, why don't we just shut it down for the week and just rest up and not get hurt because you've proven that you can now run routes very effectively. And that was a question mark people sort of had on him coming out of Penn State. Can he be an effective route runner because of the way they used him in their offense? But, you know, sinking his hips into and out of breaks, just did a really good job there. And his teammate, Deshaun Hamilton, the wide receiver from Penn State, was a Shrine game call-up. I had watched one of his games when I went up to – Penn State to watch Saquon Barkley against Indiana, and Hamilton had a great game there, but he only got the Shrine game invite, had a fantastic Shrine game. He was almost uncoverable this week. So I think Deshaun Hamilton has really made himself some money. And another wide receiver to mention from the, from the South squad, actually the North squad, yeah, Braxton Barrios from Miami, a small little slot guy. Slot receivers are valuable commodities now in the NFL. You look at especially like New England, how they use those slot guys. Amendola, you know, Julian Edelman. You look down at Dallas and how they've got Cole Beasley and Ryan Switzer, too. So if you're a team that wants to run some 11 personnel and you need a slot receiver, Braxton Berrios is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. One guy I've kept an eye on just throughout the, the college football season, hard not to, to watch him, even though his team wasn't the greatest this year, is Lamar Jackson. And I know mm-hmm. we, we have the, the top quarterbacks, and I have people saying that he's going to be a wide receiver in the NFL. I don't see a wide receiver, but I'm no expert. You watch all the quarterbacks in the league. Do you think, one, do you think he can play quarterback in the NFL? And two, how do you think he would fare doing it? I'm, I'm very much in the Lamar Jackson is a quarterback in the NFL and can be a very good one in the NFL camp. I know that you know, there are a lot of polarizing prospects in this class, James. I'm, you know, you know this as well as anybody. 
and Lamar Jackson is at the forefront of that group. But I see a quarterback when I see him play. And he was running Bobby Petrino's offense, which I know that some of the criticism about Lamar Jackson was the accuracy numbers because his completion percentage wasn't above that sort of 60% threshold. And Petrino's offense is sort of schemed to get guys open. But one, you know, he was victimized by some drops this year, so there's some of that. And two, Petrino's offense, while it is designed to sort of scheme guys open and have a decent enough completion percentage rate, it's a pretty high-level sort of NFL-style offense. I went watched all of his film. I broke down all of his interceptions that he threw this year, and he's running NFL concepts. So the idea that he cannot come in and play in an NFL offense, I think is a flawed idea because I think he's basically doing it already. James, there's another criticism of him, which is he's a run-first guy that he's always going to look to tuck it and go and tuck it to scramble. But when I went through and broke down all his interceptions, and one of them, he passed up the ability to run for a first down because he was still trying to make a throw down field. So I, I think that criticism of, of him is a bit flawed as well. Is he an explosive, dynamic guy with a ball in his hands? Yeah, he is. And he can make a defense, he can hurt a defense when he scrambles and does that or extends plays in a scramble goal situation. But I still think he's a quarterback. I think he can run sort of a West Coast spread type offense like what the Jets were doing this year, for example, and run it very well. So I'm still in on him as a quarterback. I think he will probably fall in the draft unless he sort of flashes really well at the combine. But I'm all aboard the Lamar Jackson as a quarterback train. Me too. Me too, totally. And last question for Mark Schofield, InsideThePylon.com, also host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. I lied because I want to ask you about the Patriots, so two questions. But um, as far as quarterbacks, I know you've you've broken them all down. And here in in Cincinnati, I've been – known as an Andy Dalton uh, criticizer, negative on Andy Dalton, whatever you want to say. I I critique him a bunch. When you watch Andy Dalton and you see the quarterbacks in this draft, knowing the the flaws that the Bengals have on the line, would you consider a quarterback potentially at 12, depending on who's there? It would really sort of depend on who's there because, you know, if somehow a Josh Rosen falls to 12, which I don't think happens, then maybe I'd consider it. But I think when you look at some of the other guys that are going to be in this group, and again, this is just my opinion and how I view these guys. Sure. But I think Sam Donald needs a lot of work mechanically, and it's not just the loopy throwing motion, but lower body mechanics as well. There are questions on Allen. There are questions on Baker still from a, from a scheme fit conceptual aspect to his game. As much as I do like Baker Mayfield, you know, I, I think you know, there might be some transition issues there as well. I think, but for me, you know, Rosen's the cleanest prospect, at least on the field. I think he's very scheme diverse. He's very crisp mechanically. doesn't make a ton of mistakes, or at least mistakes that get repeated. So I think he's the safest quarterback, at least on the field. So if he's there, I'd consider it. But with the other guys, I still think you're looking at some developmental needs that might take some time to get worked out, even if they can play right away. So I don't know if they'd be immediate upgrades over Andy Dalton, at least at 12 somebody falls into the second round, then maybe you consider something like that. So Lamar Jackson in round two is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I would love there. that. I just don't think it would happen. I think he's going to go in round one somewhere. <laughs> I, do, I, I think he should. I think he should. And But, I mean, we'll see. And, you know, it was a lot of the talk, James, down at the Senior Bowl that, you know, when you look at Josh Allen, you know that teams are going to be comfortable if they make a mistake and miss on the guy, making a mistake by betting on a Josh Allen than a Lamar Jackson or even perhaps a Baker Bayfield because at least at the end of the day, if you draft Josh Allen and it doesn't work out, you drafted the 6'5 guy with a huge rocket yeah. right arm. Yeah, he looks the part. Yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's probably what is going to happen. Mark, uh, j- just looking ahead, obviously, you're the Locked On Patriots podcast. Those, what, uh, what are you expecting in Super Bowl 52? Well, let's remember that in all of their Super Bowl wins, the New England Patriots' biggest margin of victory was last year in a game that they won on a touchdown in overtime of six points. So I'm expecting a close game no matter what. Yeah. And I think that after what we saw, what Doug Peterson has done over these past two playoff games, the ways he's been able to attack two defenses and sort of deconstruct them. I mean, Atlanta, an okay defense, but what they did last week against Minnesota and how they were able to scheme stuff open and have Nick Foles playing at such a high level of confidence, this is going to be another Patriots Super Bowl that goes down, I think, to the final minute, and it's going to be a one-score game. And I honestly sit here right now, James, I think you could go either way. You're you're off the hook then. You're off the hook. You go either way. I'm a big Brady guy, so I hope it's the Patriots. But uh, he's Mark Schofield. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm obviously as a Patriots fan, the host of Lockdown Pass, I hope the Patriots win it. But I'm just saying, I think this is going to be another sort of instant classic. I think it will be too. My God, I think it will be. You guys are going to hate this, but of course, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. I'm rooting for Tom Brady all damn day. I hope he gets ring six. I hope they kick the hell out of the Eagles. And but ultimately, it's going to be a good game. That defensive line for Philadelphia, oh, it's it's one of those that's going to go down to a wire, the wire. When I Last Friday, when I, I caught up with Mark, I, I was thinking about it after we had that conversation, and I, I thought about it and thought about it, and I was leaning Eagles. Now it's starting to go the other way. I will give a prediction, uh, if you will, by Friday. I guarantee that here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. And you know what I would love? I would love for this to be something I could preview. Like Bengals Super Bowl this Sunday here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're at Radio Row. I'm going to give you exclusive guests and insight and maybe one day, maybe next year. That would be so awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? We would be there. Just so you know, we would be there, Locked On Bengals. If, if, if the Bengals, let's say they go to the Super Bowl next year in Atlanta, I will be there covering it. And we'll get that done. So if they go, you're going to get the best insight there as well. This is the home of the Bengals' best off-season coverage. I'm telling you right now. It's Locked on Bengals and LockedOnBengals.com. I'm working right now, former college football players, breaking down film, going to give you insight, draft insight all off-season. Yes, I've had some questions about Joe Goodberry. Joe Goodberry will still be on this podcast, for those wondering. I promise you. With With all the added writers, I guess Joe's... Name was on the LockedOnBengals.com, and now it's not because we've just added more writers and they've written more recently. But that's no problem. Joe and I are, are very tight still. So that's going to happen. We're going to get some more film reviewers. You can check out my mock draft at LockedOnBengals.com. Check out articles inside on Tyler Eifert, on the Andy Dalton versus Carson Palmer comparison, and so much more. The latest one, a fan reaction to Mike Brown's sit-down with Jim Osarski. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope it was enlightening. We're getting into some Bengals topics tomorrow. I just wanted to get you these interviews I had promised for so long. Have a great night. Follow on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked on Bengals. Until tomorrow, until Tuesday. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.